Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the king. He, the theme of heaven's praises, robed in frail humanity. In our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Look to Christ who condescended, took on flesh to ransom us. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Jesus Christ is the gift of God to humanity. Again, our song said, in our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Our longing and our darkness perfectly describes the state of humanity. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus declares himself to be the light of the world. He says there, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light is a very robust analogy. You probably have had all kinds of images come to mind when you heard that statement. I'd like to take some time this evening just to meditate on Jesus's desire to communicate what Jesus desired to communicate when he referred to himself there in John chapter 8 as the light of the world. We'll think on that truth just for a little bit together this evening. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together. I thank you for every opportunity we have to gather together, particularly tonight as we have been singing and hearing about the first advent of Jesus. As we think about all of what it means that Jesus came to save his people from their sins, that God is now with us in Jesus, as we consider those truths, I pray, Father, that you would encourage our hearts. I pray that you'd help us not to be thinking about the myriad of different things that we still have left to do before we celebrate Christmas together. I pray that you'd help us not to be thinking of finishing out our work week or thinking of finishing out school or thinking of all of the other troubles and concerns that we have. But as we have the privilege of gathering together this evening, I pray that you'd help us to be thinking about Jesus. Help us in our hearts and our minds to consider him, to treasure him, to rejoice in him this evening. And Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts collectively that they would indeed be acceptable in your sight for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, again, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. With this simple statement, Jesus declares himself to be God's answer to the problem of darkness, God's deliverer from the darkness, and God's savior for the world. He is God's answer, God's deliverer, and God's Savior.
that he is God's answer to the promise problem of darkness. Consider again the text at hand. There again, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In the context of this statement that Jesus makes, he's been interacting with the Jewish leaders and particularly around this time, they're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. During this feast, there were usually four huge lamps sitting in the temple court that would have been lit in order to give light to the entire temple area. In the context of the feast, the light cast by the lamps would have been symbolic of the Shekinah glory that led Israel through the wilderness when they came out of Egypt. At that time, the glory of God manifested itself as a pillar of fire by night. That fire would have provided light, guidance, and warmth through the cold wilderness evenings. The lighting of the lamps during the feast would have been accompanied by songs of praise, dancing, and other forms of celebration. The light symbolizing the glory of God, his presence among his people, his great act of deliverance as he brought the people out of Egypt. These things would have elicited great joy and stirred in them the future desire for deliverance from God from all oppression. Well, it was in this context In the context of this celebration and the ceremonial lighting of those lamps that Jesus stood up and declared himself to be the light of the world. Some of you know that this is also one of the designated, so designated I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. These statements were intended to call to mind the name that God had given to himself through Moses back in Exodus chapter 3. There, God declared himself to be the I am. He said to Moses, when Moses asked him, who should I say is sending me to the people? God says, tell them I am who I am. And the I am has sent you to them. That God is the I am means that he is the self-existent one. He needs nothing. He has no other cause. Therefore, he is also the pre-existent one, having existed before all other things. Again, he says to Moses, I am who I am. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Therefore, Jesus declaring himself to be the I am, which he did frequently throughout the gospel of John. When he uses that terminology, he's using it to declare himself to be the I am of the Old Testament. The one who brought Israel out by his power. The one who called them by his name, by by name to be his people. And the one who promised a future deliverance for them. He says again in our text, I am the light of the world. And this Jesus is declaring not only is he the I am, the God of the Old Testament, the God of Israel, but he's also the light of the whole world the significance of light is no clearer understood than when there's darkness the problem with darkness is that you cannot see where you're going there may be obstacles there may be dangers lurking there may be bugs he says again i am the light of the world in this jesus is declaring that not only is he the i am again the god of the old testament 
But he's declaring something about the importance of light and the need that the world has for light. Darkness as a theme is often indicative of danger. Again, dangers from without, even the destructive nature of sin. Now, there are many dangers in the world today on a global scale. We have the threat of war. There are various wars happening even today. There's a threat of terrorism, the threat of persecution for some, famine. On a national level, we see random acts of violence, mass shootings, robberies, etc. But apart from such external dangers, there's also our internal struggles. In John chapter 3, verse 19, the word of God says, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. The word of God is clear. People love the darkness, and they love the darkness precisely because their deeds are evil. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 1, that the world of humanity apart from Christ is filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Does that not describe the state of the world today? R.C. Sproul said that sin is cosmic treason. The world of humanity as it indulges in its love for darkness and its rebellion against its creator is involved in cosmic treason. That internal darkness, the effect of sin on humanity only heightens the impact of our greatest enemy, which is death. Biblically, we understand that the reason why we all die is because we all sin. Romans chapter 3 Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, because we are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, God has pronounced judgment upon us already. And the judgment that he's pronounced upon us, all of us is death. These things hang as a shroud over humanity, a shroud of darkness. And you know, for all of our technological advances, for all of our supposed wisdom and enlightenment, no one in the history of humanity has managed to tame the savage beast of sin within. Nor has anyone in the history of humanity been able to thwart death, death that comes to each of us. Darkness looms large over humanity. I wonder what darkness you're struggling with today. Have you been overwhelmed by the dangers of the world around you? As you hear the reports of wars and rumors of wars and in recent years, I mean, the pandemic alone has changed the way people view the world and one another. There are all manner of other anxieties that befall us. We're anxious about tests that we have, educational tests, medical tests, and their results. Anxious about various relationships in our lives. Around the holidays, while many rejoice, others suffer in silence. For them, 
the great enemy, death, has claimed family and friend. And what should be a season of joy and encouragement for them at times results in discouragement as the shroud of death hangs over their heads. And again, if not the external pressures and those external troubles, perhaps it is something within. Maybe you struggle with pride. You work hard, you labor long, you want to be recognized, it doesn't happen. Maybe you struggle with anger, someone has wronged you. Maybe they're wronging you still. You can't seem to get past the thought of how they have wronged you and the desire for revenge. Perhaps you struggle with lust or some insatiable desire to satisfy the appetites of the flesh. We all struggle with something. We all fall short, as God's word says, of his glory. Darkness looms heavy over humanity. But again, back in our text, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And the fact that Jesus says, I am the light of the world, should help us to understand that God is fully aware of the struggle that humanity has. He's fully aware of the problem of darkness that hangs large over us, that looms over us like a shroud. And he fully intends to solve the issue. In our text again, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. This is an echo, perhaps, of John chapter 1. There John said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. In the eternal word of God, the one who existed with God in the beginning, the one who is God, in him is life. And that life that is in him is light for men, for humanity. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus is God's light. He is God's answer to the problem of darkness that looms heavy over us. But he's also God's deliverer. Again, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Again, Jesus is saying that he is a light. He is a light shining in the darkness of man's experience of life in the world. He is a light just as a light switched on in a dark room commands our attention. So the light of the world beckons us to follow him. Again, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, offers an invitation. He offers an invitation to whoever will follow To follow him is to walk in his light. It is to walk in his steps. It is to follow his lead. In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He offers to lead us out of the darkness of our experience. Whoever will follow us, whoever will follow me, he says, will not walk in darkness. He will deliver you out of the darkness and he will keep you from the darkness. That is the implication. Light drives away the darkness. Light dispels the darkness. This is his promise to you. 
Again, what darkness are you struggling with today? And who up until this point in your life has ever promised to deliver you from that darkness? Who could give you that promise? The world ignores the darkness. They can't even see the darkness. If you've lived your whole life in darkness and you don't have any concept of light, how could you possibly know that you need light? It's like the old saying, a fish doesn't know that it's wet. The world has lived so long in the darkness, they don't, they didn't even recognize the light when he came. So Jesus proclaims himself as the light of the world and he offers, he invites us to follow. Again, that offer is going out to whoever is willing. I wonder, are you willing to follow Jesus today? Are you willing to take him at his word Are you willing to believe that he, the one through whom all things were made, that he is able to deliver you from darkness? Are you willing to trust that the God who said, let light shine out of darkness is able to shine in your heart to give you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ? Are you willing to take him at his word, to trust him, to follow him, to believe that he is able to deliver you? so that you will never walk in darkness again. Jesus is God's answer to the problem of darkness. He is God's deliverer. He alone is God's savior. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, Jesus, as the light of the world, has, was sent into the world, into a world of darkness to provide the light of life. He was sent into the world of darkness to those walking about in darkness to deliver them from darkness. He says again, whoever follows me will have the light of life. Again, we saw that terminology already from John chapter one, verse four. In him was life in the eternal word of God was life and that life was the light of men. Those walking about in the darkness are characterized by death. The darkness around us, the darkness in us, leads us to death. We've already said before, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And again, the Bible makes clear that the wages of sin is death. In Hebrews chapter 9, it says it is appointed for man to die once, and after death comes the judgment. It is his judgment. It is the judgment of God that we face for our sin. And yet, because God is love... He desired to send forth a savior who is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Jesus was sent as the light. He was sent as the light to give life to those who follow him, to those who come to him. And to follow him and to come to him is to believe in him. It is to trust in him. John chapter 3, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. John chapter 6, whoever believes has eternal life. Jesus said there, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. In John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but by me. Jesus is the savior of the world. He offers life to the world by giving his life 
for the world. John chapter 6, again, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The substitutionary death of Jesus on the cross is the way that Jesus provides salvation for us. We deserve the judgment of God for the darkness that is in our hearts, for the sin that is in our hearts, but Christ died for us. Again, he didn't just stay a precious, sweet little baby in a manger. He grew up, and as he grew, he lived a holy and righteous life. He lived... He ate and drank to do the will of his father. Whereas we live in disobedience, he lived in perfect obedience. And it is his perfect obedience to his father, having fulfilled all of the law, having done all of what the father sent him to do. It is his perfect obedience that earned him the title of Jesus Christ, the righteous. And as he is Jesus Christ, the righteous, he was able to die for our sins as a substitutionary sacrifice. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. God sent us the best. He sent forth the light of the world. He sent him forth, again, not to be gawked at as a tiny baby lying in a feeding trough, but rather he sent him forth to be a light He sent him to shine the light of God into our dark world and into our dark hearts to deliver us from the darkness with which we would have no other escape and to bring us into the light, to give us the light of life, eternal life through his substitutionary death on Calvary's cross. That is really the message of Christmas. The true light has come. The light of the world, which gives life to the world, has come. If you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as the light of the world, as the true light, as the only one who can deliver you from darkness, I would invite you to trust in him today. Again, is it appointed unto man to die once and after death comes the judgment? Apart from Christ, no one will stand in the judgment. In Christ is our only hope to escape the wrath of God. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ, I would encourage you as we continue to rejoice in him. Rejoice in the light. Take comfort in the light. Celebrate the light. Tell others about the light. Whenever you have the opportunity, tell someone else that the light has come. We all understand what it means to walk about in the darkness, to struggle with the darkness that happens in this life, the the dark things that happen about us, the dark feelings that we have in our hearts and inclinations that we have 
in our hearts. We understand what that's like. For those of you who have put your faith in Christ, you know what that's like. And you know that there's no hope apart from him. And so tell someone about it. That's my encouragement and challenge for you today. Well, I'll finish with the same words that I started with from the last hymn that we meditated on before. Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the king. He, the theme of heaven's praises, robed in frail humanity. In our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Look to Christ who condescended. He took on flesh to ransom us. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus, who is the light of the world. Thank you that he has come. Thank you that by faith you shine your light into our dark hearts. To help us to see the light of the knowledge of your glory in the face of Jesus Christ. I pray for my friends who hear my voice that if any have not trusted in Jesus, that they would bow the knee to Jesus today. That they would look to him as the light of the world, the only light whom you have sent to deliver us from darkness and to provide for us the light of life. And I pray that you would encourage your people to rejoice in him. Again, not just as a baby, but as the God-man, as the light of the world who has come to shed light into our hearts. We thank you for these things in Jesus' blessed name. Amen.